I'm Chara Santilli. I was born with ambition. My parents were entrepreneurs and I pushed myself to be high school valedictorian, class president, most artistic, and most likely to succeed. The summer I turned 19, we celebrated my dad's 50th birthday with a hot air balloon ride. A crash landing left him with a broken neck, me with a broken heart, and my mom coping through alcohol. My relentless ambition helped me become a successful entrepreneur, yet my own private paralysis and overachiever addiction ruled me. I finally ventured on a quest for my best life. I found the path of my inner peace, how to stay on it and how to show the way for others. Now it's your turn. Ready to take that load off your shoulders? Join me so you can cherish your life. Today I have on a guest that is, um, this is is a topic I've been wanting to bring on, my intention has, ever since I started the podcast, so I'm super excited. And uh, her name is Adriana Keefe. She is an award-winning real estate dropout turned human design coach. That's the topic today, human design. And she's also a motivational speaker. And she can tell us a little bit more about her, but she, like me, works with high achievers and working to create more harmony in their life. And if you know anything about human design, she is a 4-6 manifesting generator, which also particularly drew me to her and I thought would be the a, a really primo guest to talk about human design with me because I am the same. So <laughs> perfect serendipity there. She also has a family with three children and... Um, has her own podcast called the No BS Human Design Podcast. So Adriana, tell me anything that I missed that you want to be sure to point out and and tell us maybe a little bit more about what led you into this, because I know you had a, a big shift in your life and your career. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I didn't realize that you had wanted someone with human design background since you started the podcast. That's a long time. Yeah. So I feel really honored. So thank you very much. <laughs> Um, yeah. So do you want the short version of my story or like the full Monty? Because <laughs> it could, it could be in depth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, how about the um, medium? <laughs> medium. Okay. All right. So uh, this was just a few short years ago, which is crazy to think about. But yeah, like you said, I was an award-winning realtor and very much from the outside, it was like everything looks perfect, right? I mean, I'm sure a lot of people listening can can understand that, oh, life looks perfect. Why should I want more? Why should I be miserable? You know, I had the career, I had the husband, a healthy child, another one on the way, and I was so stressed out. I was so burnt out. I, I originally went to school for veterinary, and when I couldn't pay my student debt and I couldn't even afford to live based on that pay, Um, someone said, Hey, you should get into real estate. And so I did. And at first it was easy and it was flowing and it was natural and the money was easy to make. So anyone, especially the generation before me, my parents, they were like, you can't leave that. It's you're sustaining good income and you're supporting your family and you're pregnant and all of that. And I really just burned out. I had a complete crash and burn. I was very much in that mindset of what am I doing with my life? I had seen from my upbringing, I had seen my father battle depression my entire life. 
Um, he was hospitalized at least once that I know of. I feel like there might have been more that I can kind of remember. And at one point he had a complete crash and just like I did and left his career, good paying career, to take a much lower paying job where we then stopped traveling really as a family, didn't take vacations anymore. I was on what the kids would call welfare lunch at school. And that is what I saw to be true. The you have to hustle and grind and risk your mental state in order to make money. And that was what I was doing in real estate. And unfortunately, even after all of that happened with my dad, there was a lot of people in my life who just kept saying, yeah, but you know, you're doing it. You're doing a great thing. Like just stick it out. It'll be good. Except for my dad. Of course, he was the one who I leaned on and he said, no matter what you do, do not chase the money. Do not chase the money. It does not give you happiness. And I'm so thankful that I had him say that to me because I think that he's been a, one of my rocks in all of all of my life. I didn't really have a whole lot of support growing up and he would have been there emotionally, I think, had he not been working all the time. And so I took that to heart and I started what I now see is my spiritual journey. I grew up in a household that was Christian, Catholic. Honestly, I don't even know the differences because religion never really that never really settled in with me. So I grew up thinking I was atheist. And during this quarter life crisis, I took up yoga just because I had heard a lot about it. And I was like, I need something. I need anything. My anxiety, if anyone listening has anxiety with the chest pain, I had that all day. It was a lot. And I wasn't sleeping at night. I was so stressed out. I was just so I didn't like it. It was it was too um, overbearing for the the place I was at with having young kids, you know? And so I took up yoga thinking maybe this will help me slow down, help my anxiety. And that sent me on a journey that I never expected with introducing me to mindfulness and meditation and manifestation, you know, intentional manifestation and the laws of the universe and spirituality. And oh my God, there's, there's more to spirituality than religion. I always thought being spiritual or having some sort of spirituality meant what religion do you abide by? And for me, I was like, you can't put me in a box. I'm going to believe whatever works for me. And if it takes a little bit of that religion, a little bit of this religion, that's me. And now I see looking back, this is my spirituality. This is me understanding that there's bigger things at play here, that we're not here by coincidence. There's something out there, something. So if at any point I reference universe, just put in place, place with God, source, guides, whatever resonates with you. But I started to unpack that. What does this mean for me? Why am I here? What there, does that mean? There's an actual purpose to me being here. And then I had a life coach always, always, always recommend hire a life coach. If you're in that space, you need a life coach. And she was incredible. I still talk to her to this day. She introduced me to this thing called human design. And it gave me this immediate validation. I mean, I was blown away. I was like, how does this system thing know anything about me? But it was everything I had been struggling with, with feeling like a quitter. As a manifesting generator, you might relate to what I'm about to say. I was trying to figure my life out. And so I'd take on new projects or I'd start a new business or do whatever. And then I'd get bored or it wasn't the right fit and I'd want to move on. And people would be hard on me for that. Oh, you're starting another new business? Oh, what? You can't be happy with what you already have? 
And this system was just like, no, you're designed to start something new, like love the challenge, learn it, maybe teach it, move on from it. That's, that's who I am. And that sent me down this spiral of, oh, what is this? What does this mean for me? And then over the years, it's just transformed into me teaching it because other people were leaning on me asking, how did you come out of that place? And, oh, now you're using it for your business. How do you use it for your business? And human design has just, it's changed me in ways that I can't explain. And now I'm just, I see everything through a whole, whole different light, honestly. And it's changed my relationship with my kids, with my husband, because now I understand how to communicate with each of them. Of course, all three of my kids have different designs, lucky me. So I have to learn how to communicate with each of them individually. But it's just, it went from being just this really cool tool that I can use to understand myself better to learning to embody it and being in, I can actually say at this moment in time, I'm in such complete alignment for the first time that I've been in a very long time that I'm literally winning things left and right, like contests. Um, I'm getting book, booked for things that have been on my manifesting list for like ever. And this is what happens when you're really embodying that energetic alignment within you is that magnetism that comes in. So it's been really cool to experiment with and to witness for myself. But that was the gist of my journey. Great version. I think that had a lot of meat <laughs> to it. Good choice. So um, I, in talking about the, yes, I can relate to that being really great at starting up and and switching gears and needing to switch and also trying to stick with something a really long time. And then that really leading to the burnout and yeah. leading to um, all sorts of health and emotional challenges because I've been there uh, a few times for sure in the past. And I to explain to people who have no idea what we're talking about with human design, um, I came introduced to it a couple of years ago and two different people had brought it to my attention within a handful of months. So, you know, when that happens, then it kind of, I perk up to something when it happens a second or a third time. So then I looked into it a bit more um, similar to you with a coach at that time. And then I've learned more along the way. My first uh, explanation, or just to kind of put this in a box that people will understand at least, is think of it as archetypes but very, very complex. But I mean, in the most simplistic way, it's so if you've ever heard of different types of archetypes and all different facets, whether they be spiritual related or not, um, it it's a framework. This is my opinion, at least. And just to give a very initial rudimentary that just pops in my head when you were talking, I thought we, we need to break this down, but I'm sure you have a much better explanation. Um, but for me, combining it, with other types of things like numerology and understanding my life path and all these things, it it's all very syn- like it all has been synchronistic. It, it all of mm-hmm. these different types of models and frameworks for me when I found out what I fit into in each one correlate with the other very much, yeah. and so all of the, each of them separately and then multiple together for me have been validating, have been freeing, 
and have given me a little permission slip to be okay with who I am. So I love that you just said that. That's one of the biggest things that I like to put out there is I'm not here to put human design and pressure it on anyone. Because if this doesn't resonate with you, there's another tool out there that will give you the same answers, like numerology. I spoke with your numerologist. My mind is blown. It literally said the same exact thing that my human design tells me in different ways. It was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. She's referring to Felicia Bender, who I've had on the show a couple times now. So you can go check out those prior episodes if you want in the archives. But so tell me a little bit more, you know, my really, you know, the dumbed down uh, description I just gave. Why don't you give the more uh, more correct, more accurate, more expanded description of what the heck human design is? I love that you think that was a dumbed down version because when I try and dumb it down, I'm like, take the Enneagram and astrology and it had a baby. Oh. <laughs> like, think of it like okay. that. <laughs> but it's, yeah, I mean, personality types never resonated with me, I think because it was so like ebbs and flows and then puts you in a box. I don't know. Um, but human design is, it's a, based on astrology, but there's also the Kabbalah, the I Ching, uh, the chakra system, quantum mechanics that are all at play within your human design. And it's used to reveal your genetic design, also called your energetic blueprint sometimes, and shows you where and how to access your body's consciousness as a decision-making tool. So ultimately how you can live as your true self. If you think about it, everything, every single day is a decision that you're making. From the moment you wake up to the moment your head hits the pillow at night, you're making decisions. So being able to make decisions that are in alignment for you, that are right for you and your path here in this in this lifetime, every decision is going to lead you on that path. And knowing how to access the correct decision for you is what the main the main idea behind human design is. Okay, great. I love that explanation. So when you think about, um, let's give them an example to, or there's the different, how many core types are there? There's five. I mean, there's four, but there's the generator and a manifesting generator. So technically five. Okay. So five core types. We happen to be the same one. And then within those, then there's nuances like when I said I'm a four six and you're a four six, that's an, a number at the beginning that makes it to however many options of each one there are. And then there's different pieces beyond that with all the gates and I, it, it goes very in depth. If we showed, I forgot to pull up to show the chart, but um, it's a funky looking chart with these shapes and colors and different pathways and things. And it's really interesting to, to delve into and mm-hmm. can be, I think it's not something that you can easily look into and research on your, in my opinion, in my experience, it's not simple to just research on your own and get a sense of it. Like you need to um, work with someone and or watch a lot about your specific things come to understand it. It's, it's a complex model for sure. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be forever learning as well because it is so, because it's so incredibly unique. There's no way you can possibly understand everything about everyone on the planet, about every design possible. It would just, it's, I don't want to say limitless, but there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. So 
talk about the the key, maybe the key five types, just really brief to, uh, to give a little overview, overview. Yes. So the first I love to talk about is the manifester. And they're only about 9% of the population. They are someone who is very much here to initiate things, to get things started. They're very known to be connected to source. They have these downloads and inspiration, which everyone can have. So don't don't take that as only manifestors can, but they just have all of these creative ideas and they tend to be very go, go, go. So that can sometimes show up in their life as everyone else is slow. They get a little impatient because they're already on the next page and wanting to get onto the next thing. But even though they're really great at going and getting something, they're not always the best at completing something. So manifestors are great starters, great initiators. So the generator types are very much where the general nine to five hustle grind culture comes from. They are the people who really can put their heads down and work, especially if it's something that they love to do. So pure generators are about 37% of the population. And they're here to put in that workforce energy, that life force energy. And when they're feeling really excited about what they are doing, they could work all day long. If not, this is when they get what their not self theme is, which is um, essentially what it sounds like. If you're out of alignment, doing things that you're kind of following the wrong path is frustration. It's a very typical feeling for generators and manifesting generators. And so when you're feeling that frustration, it's that red flag of saying, hey, we're doing something that's not really in alignment for us. How can we move away from this and get back into doing work that lights us up? Um, and that's not just in regards to work, but then there's the manifesting generator, about 33% of the population. It is a generator type. So all of the above also pertains to manifesting generators, but they also have that manifester in them. So they have that ability to start things and pull them through to completion. Now it doesn't, although they can appear very superhuman at times, it doesn't all it's not all perfect. It's not like a, everyone wants to be a manifesting generator. A lot of times because we're trying to do so much, we jump around, we skip things, we miss things, and we have to go back and fix what we messed up. And we really have to learn to slow down. That's the biggest piece for manifesting generators. But we thrive when we have a lot going on. I mean, myself as a manifesting generator, I wake up at 525, I go to the gym for my 6am class, I come back, we get the kids ready, and then we get them off to school or with the nanny, and then I work. And then at night, we're doing dinner, but I also could be going out for an event because I'm also a speaker. So if I'm speaking somewhere, I go out and if we get drinks after or do whatever after, and then I come home and then I settle in with my husband. And that's not exhausting to me. I love that. But that is not for everyone. And then we have projectors, which are about 20% of the population. They have this beautiful ability to lead and guide and direct people, directing them in a way of what to do or directing them in being able to hone in on what it is they need help with and really bring efficiency and systems and tweaking whatever it is they need help with. Projectors are really, really good at that. So they're like, if you're on a movie set, they're like the director. You go here, you go there. Okay, this needs to be done better. That's what they're really, really gold in. And then we have reflectors, which are only about 1% of the population. And they are considered lunar beings, lunar like the moon. So they ebb and flow a lot with the cycles of the moon. 
They're all open, which if you dive into anything on my website, you'll learn more about the open centers, but it means that they take in everything around them and they mirror back to their environment, to us, what the general health and stability of the environment is. So they're like a giant mirror, just like a, a critic. If you want to go back to the movie, movie idea, they're like the critic of the movie. Okay, well, this is where we're struggling. This is, you know, this is where we could use some work and some help. So they're really unique beings in that, in that sense, only about 1%. I've met, I want to say three in my entire life, and they are just really great at helping you figure out what what needs to be worked on and how can people we should how can people find out what they are oh yeah we should have said that yeah right on my website they can download their chart so adrianakeefe.com slash get your chart and that way you'll be able to follow along with everything we're saying good so if you want to go do that and then back up and re-listen to get your little summary um then uh then feel free okay um and then it if we want to dive in and give them a little bit more taste of like a chart. Um, do you have mine in front of you as a printout or, an, I do. As a, or as a PDF or something? Yes. I have it on my other screen. Perfect. Okay. So, um, so talk about like the fact that we're both four, six. Oh, and when you described like you're a day that you love, like part of that I could relate to and part of it made me tired too. So just to, <laughs> just to share with everyone that, it doesn't necessarily mean that each of the people, I mean, like anything in life and like any of these, uh, it, it doesn't mean that we're all going to be perfectly identical and the same things will mm -hmm. light each of us up. That's actually the whole point is that we are, in my understanding and opinion of all of these different ways of looking at everything is we're each unique and we need to figure out what lights us up. And so exactly. even though you and I have the maybe the same... Um, method to determine that, that when we listen in the, a certain way and respond in a certain way, um, then we can find that easier. What lights you up will be different possibly than what lights me up. Is that fair? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so, and so talk about that with you and I need to respond and what does that even mean and how does it fit in that we get to manifest at the same time? Yeah. So, generators and manifesting generators you have a strategy of and the strategy means this is how you interact with the world around you um and our strategy is responding which is literally that it makes you want to think it's more complicated but all it is is paying attention to what you can say yes or no to we have a defined sacral center which if anyone uh layman's terms is the gut i had a gut reaction or i knew with my gut my gut told me this was the the wrong choice for me so we have a gut reaction that's either a yes or a no i do firmly believe there's an in-between and for me i think that in-between is a yes but not right now so i always kind of table that for later and um we tend to be very vocal with that so you're responding to things in your environment whatever comes to you and you the universe is asking you to say yes or no with our vocal sounds we tend to go oh, or oh, or like something really using those sounds and if you don't say it out loud it's like you, you can hear it in your head i know you can because that's what we all like naturally do and so that's what you want to follow instead of forcing, forcing things all the time. That's the biggest trap we can fall into with um, being so 
um, desiring to work, desiring to stay busy and be productive. We fall into that trap of, okay, what can I, what can I push through now? But we can really get much further faster when we slow down and we simply wait and respond, which is really hard because patience is not our forte, but just responding to what comes to us. So if you were to say, Hey, do you want to come and do this collaboration on a workshop? If I'm like, oh, I'm like, Ooh, that lit me up right then and there. Oh yeah. That sounds like I'm in. But if someone was like, Hey, let's go out to dinner tonight at 8 PM. I'd be like, Ugh. That's um, I don't want to do 8 p.m. I'm in my pajamas by then. I don't want to do that. And before that response that comes before the thinking, well, if I do that, then I'll be able to see this person or, oh, I haven't seen them in such a long time. If I don't go, they're going to think I'm ignoring them. And going through that thought process is what we want to get out of. We want to be, be in tune with the body. So responding with that sacral is a big key to success for the generator types. Super. And then, um, and the four, six, what is that in the beginning of a, of our. So the profile lines, whenever you hear the numbers like a, a, a two, five or a four, six, that's in regards to your profile line and your profile is essentially your personality as you're walking through this life. This is how you show up, how other people are seeing you and how you see yourself. So the line four the first number is conscious. So this is something you're going to be aware of. When I say it, you're most likely like, oh yeah, that's me. And the second line is subconscious. It's called your design. And this is something that you might have learned over time, or you might still not be able to see about yourself, or maybe other people see it about you and say it when you're not in the room. So the line four is called the opportunist. And this is someone who is very well connected, has a large social network, and they find the majority of their opportunities through their network. They're someone who has a real gift in their analysis of others. And I really think that we were designed that way because we had to be so well connected that we want to make sure that we know who we're talking to. And we have this almost like psychic ability to be able to read a person from the moment we start talking to them. And then the six is called the role model. And they have a very interesting life with three phases here. The first about 30 years of their life can be really rough and rocky. There can be a lot of struggle, a lot of, at times for some people, trauma, big T or little t trauma. And then after age 30, about 30 to 50 or so, is when they really begin to disengage from that trauma and they start their inward journey. Why did this happen to me? What am I here to do? What does this mean for me? What can I learn from this? And then about age 50 and on is when they really seem to step into that role model phase. How can I take all of this and re-engage with life, with what I know? And they're known as the role model because they're very visionary industry leader types. They're very on there. They call them on the roof people. So they're up there, they're teaching and guiding from afar. They're not so much in there one-to-one, but being the role model who shows people what life is like and what you can evolve to through your own evolution. So for anybody who's known me for a long time, who's listening or who follows me, um, you know, shocker, right? I mean, all of that I relate to (laughs) very, very, very much. Um, and then if we look at the, the thirds and the, the years you just mentioned, I mean, very much, uh, the accident was when I was 19. Um, my really stepping into my 
healing journey. I, I got I got into therapy and stuff in my 20s, but really stepping into it was mid-30s. And then here mm-hmm. I am, 47, going to be 48 uh, in the fall. And so it's – and really diving into this business in the last few years in my mid-40s, getting into the 50s. So it's it's like very much – and like you yeah. mentioned numerology before too, I'm an 11-2 life path in numerology. And so – it very much correlates with that too. That the some of the breakdown in the life and the the numbers and the kind of the third model I recall from learning about that as well. So okay, um, then if you look at the chart, what other interesting tidbits? You know, can you tell me? Tell me, tell us about me to just give people a little insight. Yeah, you have um, the Genius Freak Channel, which <laughs> That's is a fun really, title. have this you heard? Have you heard no. of it? <laughs> no, I have. I have barely, to be honest, barely scratched the surface, I think, in understanding my human uh, design. So this is fun. Okay. Genius. So I'm a, a genius freak. Okay. What does that mean? Yes. Yes. So you have, um, if anyone's familiar with the crown center in chakra system, we have the Ajna center, and then you have the defined throat center, which is what makes you a manifesting generator. And you have these two gates. Gates are uh, personality traits that show up for you. So if they're lit up on your chart, that means that this is activated in you, you have this trait. And then when you have one at either end of center to center, this is kind of difficult when I'm not like showing the image, but does that make sense? When you have one at either end. We can bring it up, should I bring it up? Oh, that's up to, I mean, that's up to you. I, a lot of people will probably be listening anyway, right? Yeah, that's not, true, not that's watching. true. Okay, um, um, you know what I'll do is I'll, uh, yeah, you, you'll, what I advise is that you go to Adriana's website, get your own chart, and then you'll start to understand this a little bit. And then learn yeah. a little bit from what she has to offer um, because it – I mean, even looking at mine, it's going to be very confusing. If I actually – to be honest, if I thought it would help you understand it, I would go pull it up right now. But I'm really not sure. <laughs> so let's just carry on. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to yeah. overwhelm anyone, but I'm it's, just saying – Yeah, it's a lot. If you want to get into this, I highly recommend a guide like Adriana. So – but continue so you can get the the fun yes. little insights and, and and just, you know, for fun. Okay. Yeah. Someone out there might also have the Genius Freak channel. So you have your Ajna connects to your throat center by two gates, the gate 43 and the gate 23. And when they're connecting, they're passing energy back and forth. And so they form like a new energy. And the 4323 is called, nicknamed the Genius Freak channel because – you're someone who's always your thoughts are always one step ahead. Like you are someone who's often able to see something new that others don't. And honestly, it's a channel. It's a channel that I've always kind of wanted to have. Uh, I remember the first time I heard it. It was of someone who was really successful for doing something very visionary, industry leader like. And oh, that makes sense. You have the the genius freak channel. And I was like, oh my god, do I have that? And I didn't. And I was so bummed. But you have that. <laughs> Um, is I'm guessing yeah, you're, is you're there very... a downside to that though? Because it, the always, I feel like when I hear that, I think of a challenge that I face constantly. Uh-huh. So go ahead, dive in, and then I'll confirm. So I never want to say downside because I I don't yeah. believe that there's any really good or really bad. Thanks. Chart. Good. Great. But great correction. Great correction. There is, there are shadow sides of everything. You know, how am I showing up in this? Am I showing up in alignment or am I showing up in the shadow of this? And 
it can definitely look different for each person, but the genius freak is someone who often, because they're so one step ahead, they can throw off and rattle off these ideas sometimes so quickly that it's not really something people can understand. Um, patience and communication are something that they can really work on so that they don't just sound like a madman with like delusional things coming out of their mouth. Again, because a lot of people don't understand them and don't understand that they're one step ahead, that can be something you can fall into. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I would say also too, there's a, a, um, tendency to always want to jump further. Like I, I tend to want to jump from A to Z. I tend to want to jump a few letters, mm -hmm. like, because I can see the end goal, but if I can't get there fast enough, it's very frustrating. And then if I feel frustrated, then that's not good. Cause that's my not self. And it, then it counters. And then if you, you mentioned law of attraction, some of the, all of that stuff, I can start putting up resistance and go against myself. So just because I can see where things could go, where what's next mm -hmm. and what's coming, then because it can't happen in the timing that I would like it to, just because I thought it and I can see it, then ironically, I think I can get in my own way of making it happen. Mm-hmm. A thousand percent. And we cannot, we can all definitely get in our own way yeah. of making yeah. everything. Yeah, for sure. Um, and what's interesting to point out is although we're both manifesting generators and we both have the same profile lines on that level, we have very different charts. You have open centers where I have defined centers. And so this just really shows how completely unique each chart really is. We, I mean, it makes sense where you were saying earlier that a lot of what I was saying would exhaust you in my day because you also have an open solar plexus, which means you literally are an empath. You can literally feel people's emotions and pains and and feelings in the sense that I, I'm an empath in the way that um, I feel deeply and I feel emotion for the person. But people with an open solar plexus can actually feel what the other person is feeling. Do you feel like that resonates with you? Oh, very much, very much. And if somebody close to me is going through a, a challenging time or a challenging day or something, it it can it can knock me off easily, and mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and then it, I feel like something's going on with me, and I have to check myself and clear and do a meditation or just yeah. shake it off or have some separation for a bit or whatever. It's it's yes, very much, very much. Yeah, so it makes sense that a day like mine could exhaust you more on some some level because mm -hmm. you're literally taking in everyone else's emotions and energies in that in that regard um and then you also had a few activated gates in the head center which i don't have and they're very much um people who really like to look at things philosophically and questioning life and the the studying of why we're here and what does all of this mean and if a tree falls in the woods does it make a sound and you're like well i yeah i mean right like i really want to know the answer to that and like that's the kind of the kind of gates that i see in you do you feel like that's how you are oh very much very much and um yeah i mean at the same time i booked uh, within days of booking you i booked um neurosurgeon dr eben alexander new york times bestselling author of proof of heaven which is about his 
near-death experience and basically an experience that proved to himself what's going on that went against what he'd brought up with, with his um, truly, read, you know, more in the box scientific, certain type of scientific uh, leanings. Um, but, oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, this book. Oh, I'm so ex- – I just heard him on something, I think. Yes. Oh, that's, I got a li- okay, yeah, yeah. to – So, yeah, these <laughs> – both of you I'm interviewing within days of each other. We'll see when these all episodes drop. So this will either be right before or right after this one. And um, awesome. yes, very exciting. But it's right in – I mean, it just shows you I was totally mm-hmm. pulled to that. I went with a girlfriend to hear him speak locally. Never heard of him before. Mm-hmm. enthralled, so impressed with how much he knew that I couldn't even retain. It's like when my husband, who's a science guy, starts talking about all the science stuff. It's like I just, my brain lost. <laughs> I can't retain the facts and the data that he's sharing and the yeah. amazing stuff mm-hmm. about the the new quantum mechanics discovery and the scientists and the this and the that. I, I, can't, abs- I can't seem to absorb it. And yet I'm fascinated mm-hmm. by the concept. And then when and and then what I really got out of Dr. Alexander's experience is that that bigger why and that bigger what's going on and that bigger comfort that he feels of all is well and trust me and um, the and I'm fascinated by the fact that he and many others have found proof they they can argue there's scientific proof that there's more going on than we understand proof that there is a uh, that universal consciousness, um, if you want to say God, like whatever word you want to say, it's not necessarily a person God. It's that, but this bigger consciousness, this bigger thing that we're connected to. So anyway, and look at me go. I'm just like fired up talking mm-hmm. about this. So yes. Right. Very See, much. And like that, that interests me very much. But then if I think about it too much, I feel like I melt down and I don't want to think anymore. Yeah. Whereas you are just like, oh no, let's dive into this. Yeah. Let's, let's uncover all this, you know? So it's just, it's different in that way. Yeah. That's so interesting. Um, and, uh, any other uh, any other little random tidbits that jump out at you? Oh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, so I'm open in my head too, mm-hmm. right? Which is kind of head, in alignment yes. with a, the 11 to life path as well, which 11 is very much kind of antenna, like literally bringing in satellite dish of mm-hmm. ideas and stuff. It's very much in um, – in that realm as I understand it, a lot of ideas, a lot of stuff and having to then uh, sort them out so that I don't kind of drive myself batty, feeling like I've got to accomplish all Mm -hmm. of the things that come into my mind. And just because I have the thought doesn't mean that I have to then turn on the generator aspect and take it to the finish (laughs) line. But that is the challenge. I mean, the amount of notes I have, like I use Asana Mm -hmm. for project management and now I have a board going that's just, it's just a list with, if I get a content idea or social media idea, the list, I will never be able to, like, I don't, the, to be honest, I, the only reason I do it is to try to get it out of my head. The reality yes, is when right. I go to record a podcast or do something, I usually have some other thing that's come to top of mind. But so 
I, it's kind of like I'm fooling myself in one sense that I think I'm going to come back to these things. And yet if I don't do them justice and put them somewhere, I feel like I haven't taken care of them. And yep. or I feel and like it I haven't- you. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's either like I, I haven't done the idea justice and or it spins too much and I can't set it down because it's like a spinning top in there. And then there's another one and then there's another one and then another one. Mm-hmm. So that's what I have resorted to doing is just get the stuff out and and slotted somewhere and organized in some list somewhere that I also know is unlikely that I'm actually ever going to go back to, which is... <laughs> but you never know. It could right. be two years from now. You're like, wait, I have an idea for that. Right. And that makes me feel better to have that. So. Yes. Exactly. I do the same thing. That's the only, that's my, that's my, my, ooh, but not right now. That's where I table it for later so I can just let it go. Yeah. And you know how that shows up for me is I get the thought, wait, wait, that's the, that's the, ooh, not right. Maybe yes, not right now. That's the thought I get is just, just wait. Like it's not even a clear yes, maybe not right now. It's just a wait. You're not ready to say yes or no on this. That's what I feel. I agree with you that there's a third. I was just going to ask you if you felt you were an intuitive person and if that showed up for you in one specific way, your intuition that is, um, it sounds like your intuition does show up for you and you feel connected to it. It sounds like a thought in your head. Is that what you just said? Yeah, I would say um, it's like I'll have a a feeling, a knowing, a message that's Mm -hmm. short and sweet and... um, quiet, very quiet. And so, and it'll come up like uh, trying to decide whether or not to um, let go of, of something that I was involved in. The message mm. came up in two words, get out. You know, it was just, but it was calm. It wasn't like, get out, save yourself. Get out. It, was, it wasn't <laughs> like that. It was just like, get out. And I was like, yeah. oh yeah. And it felt a hundred percent right. Um, or or like I said, a message of just kind of just wait, just wait. Or just a feeling of like, oh, that sounds like fun. Or just kind of like I, I light up, I kind of feel my posture and everything kind of sparkle a little and go upright mm-hmm. versus my no is a kind of a, I, I feel it in my body. I'll get exhausted really fast and I'll feel overwhelmed. And I kind yes. of like tuck in and like, bad posture and kind of round my back. Like that's kind of how the yes and no shows up for me is a little bit and how I literally, literally how I feel in my body of like a little energized spark or, oh, that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And you've really learned to trust that, which is par- probably the hardest part is trusting that intuition. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. Um, I trust it most of the time. And part of it is the, the, the settling myself. If I get to spinning with all the thoughts or the wanting to do or wanting to finish or trying to finish and then settling back that when you nailed it with the busy and a lot of the audience listening are most likely manifesting generators or generators, I would be, I'm just going to be willing to guess because they're the ones that are going to be a tendency to have statistically. Yeah. St- <laughs> statistically, it's a huge portion of the population. Plus with the things I talk about, you're most likely going to fall in the category of tending to get yourself too busy and tending to need to figure out how to slow yourself down, settle yourself and uh, recharge and um, find that inner balance. So um, 
so for me, it is a continuing journey of being able to slow down when I, and what I found though, over the years, especially in the recent years in my forties, mid 40, mid to late forties now is that my body won't let me try to do that overdrive stuff. It literally will stop me in my tracks. Yesterday, midday, I was like, Cheris, you got to go take a nap. Like it was so, I, like, I, I knew that I wouldn't, I would just stare at anything I would try to do or work on. Yeah. And I laid down. Mm-hmm. I had trouble going to sleep for a while because my mind was spinning. But then I, I don't remember if I listened to something or I just got quiet and was able to. But but I even laid there and was just told myself, you know what? It's okay if you don't go to sleep. You're already I could tell I was already feeling better just from laying down and just attempting to quiet it. Just attempting and just yeah. taking a little time out. And I have needed to do that more and more and more the last few years, like a lot more. Mm-hmm. Your body speaks to you. It's just a matter of understanding the language. And that, like we were saying, it can come to you through different modalities and tools, through human design, through your intuition. I asked you about your intuition because you have a defined spleen, which means that you have a cons- consistent instinctual knowing that tends to show up for you. And then you also have quite a few gates lit up off of the spleen which tell me that you're likely very in tune with your intuition. Like, you know, we've learned over the years what it comes through as. Um, it, it shows up for you when you need it to, and it just kind of naturally has been happening for you. So that makes sense for me. Yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. Well, see people, see how fun and interesting this is? <laughs> <laughs> It is because once I start to dive into a chart, it's like I I can really start to get to know the person. Or if I see the chart of someone I already know, I'm like, well, that's like my husband. I'm like, well, that's your problem there, Tim. We need to <laughs> <laughs> we need to work on that. <laughs> Terrible. Don't recommend that. <laughs> no, I did. I did pull Don's, and I uh, I think he's a he's a generator. And, uh, yeah. and then I saw some of the, yeah, the, we had some similar open, I can't remember now, but we had some similar open centers and something's different. So yeah, it's interesting. It's fun. Well, I, yeah, the, um, what, was there anything that you were surprised to learn about yourself when you dove into this or was it all pretty? Oh, confirmed? yes. It's funny. I was about to say, I don't know. And then my, my intuition was like, you know, <laughs> my line four, my line four, man, um, because I first learned it's well-connected, large social network, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, well, that's wrong. Like I'm, I'm, an, I'm an extrovert in the groups that I know. Other than that, very introverted. Um, don't, didn't really have like a large social network. And I was like, well, that's all, that's all wrong. That's not right at all. And after working through this for some time, I um, started to really work through my subconscious, through hypnosis, journaling, et cetera. It's a lot of, lot of work. And I rec- recognized that all of that was me quieting myself because over the years I had constantly be told, been told I was too much. I was too loud energy. My laugh was too big. Um, I wanted too much attention. And I also, what I'm about to say is a trigger warning. So for anyone 
we might want to skip ahead a couple minutes. This is a trigger on sexual abuse. I was abused as a child. And when I sought help, I wasn't believed. I was, you know, basically just told to sit down and shut up. So that manifested over the years as me thinking, there's no way I'm going to go to that networking event. There's no way I'm going to go show up as my true self and try to make friends and say hi to someone who I, whose energy I really likes because they won't like me. I'll be too annoying. I'll be too much to whatever. So I learned that I actually really do love having a big social network. I love networking events. I love meeting new people. I love calling up a friend just to chat in the middle of the day for no reason. And the the way that I was unfortunately conditioned in that was what was holding me back. So this is, I mean, that's a real deep example of what can what you can work through with your human design and with anything like this. But that was the first surprise for me. I was like, that's not me. And then I learned it really is me. I thrive like that. I thrive in that environment, but I was just dulling myself down the majority of my life. I'm so happy to hear that you came to know that about yourself so that you could find a way to embrace it and not just make it all, yeah. all bad. And yeah, um, that number four and what you talked about with that, I think it's interesting when you said that um, for, for you to understand how that relates to you and then for me, similarly to understand, well, because of the empathic aspect and how I can attract it. It's just that I, it's not that I don't ever want to be in networking things. It's for me, it has to be bite-sized or if I'm going to mm -hmm. go all in, I've got to plan extra days around to like, yep. like decompress. Yeah, yeah. Separate and all of those things. Um, max of like one big, one, one in-person thing in a week and maybe one a month, maybe two. <laughs> you know, it, it's really yep. interesting in that way. But I, again, I think that a key message here for everyone is figuring out, learning. It's, it's, I don't, I don't really like love the phrase figuring out, but it, it's really just learning, <laughs> learning who you are and what makes you tick and what yeah. lights you up and what depletes you and do more of the stuff that lights you up and less of what depletes you. And human design is one way that you can learn more about yourself and navigate those waters with this system and kind of understanding of how you operate. Yeah. I like to say coming home to you, to I who you're that. authentically born to be. And remembering who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be surprised at, at what you feel like, that's not me. And then when you lean into it and you uncover an old memory or something, it gets weird, man, when you're in, when you're in that kind of work. But it's very, it's good surprising. Well, I so appreciate you diving in to give us the overview of human design today and also diving in to look at some of my chart. That's super fun. And, and I highly recommend people go check out theirs. Again, give them your website and again, where they can go get their chart. 
Yeah, adrianakeef.com with one N um, slash get your chart. And I have, once you download your chart right there, I have a free workshop you can watch. There's also a downloadable guide if you'd prefer just a handwritten guide versus the entire workshop. Um, and then I have the podcast, the No BS Human Design podcast for anyone who just wants to dabble in what human design is and what it means to them. And I'll put both of those links in the show notes too. If you want to just click below, you can do that. And then um, I always love to close each episode with a quote, and Adriana is going to share one of her favorite quotes here. So is this one by you or by someone else? No, this is one that's by someone else who has since passed, Okay, Um, but I've taken it with me since probably my mid-20s. My personal into my professional life, it's for all of the above, and uh, it is, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, Jim Rohn. I've seen that play out in my personal life as well as with business. Um, You know, they say your network is your net worth kind of on on the same lines, but also in your personal life, if you're hanging around with with people who are constantly complaining about their husbands or their jobs or their wives or their kids or whatever it is, it's it's not the energy that's going to bring you further. If I mean, if you're listening to a podcast like this, I'm going to go ahead and assume that you want to better yourself and hanging around people who bring you down. Um, that's that's not going to help you get up, I guess. I agree with that. And one way you can start doing that if you're not ready to change some of the relationships in your life, because that can be a big jump and kind of be scary for some people, is to listen to more things like this, you know, follow more people, mm-hmm. find people that, that make, that spark you, give you that, that, um, that feeling that, that this would be helpful for you. And, you know, the books, the uh, curating your social media feeds, all of that stuff to, yes. to unfollow or, and, um, mm-hmm. stop seeing, you don't have to unfriend, but you can stop seeing the stuff from people that annoy you and, or, have the vibe or are going the direction that you don't want to go or staying stagnant where you don't want to be in a certain area of their life, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And that's something that I have found to be really helpful too is yes, it doesn't have to be people we actually like are living with, you know, or Mm -hmm. see every week that the the kind of thinking about those five, you can also think of it as um, bundling in who you're letting influence you and who's coming across your screen and um, who's coming in your ears. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, the majority of my mentors, I don't even know in real life. Right. They don't know they're my, that they're my mentor, but they are. <laughs> right. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you so much, everyone. Go check out your human design, see what it does for you. And thank you again for being here, Adriana. Thank you so much. I hope you're enjoying my Cherish Your Life podcast. If this is supporting you in any way, please review, subscribe, and share it with friends and family. You can follow me on social media at Cherish Your Life, and my website is cherishyourlife.com. Yep, my name's unique. Here's an easy tip for you to pronounce and spell it. It's like the city, Paris, but with a CH. Special thanks to my dear friend, Paul Suyelgis, who enhanced and mixed the musical track. Little did we know back in college in the 90s, while my then boyfriend, now husband, and I listened to Paul riff on his guitar, that he'd be helping me decades later give a creative touch to something called a podcast. <laughs>